You've tuned into The Dr. Lowe Show with naturopathic doctor, Dr. Lauren Noel, where you hear the best in natural medicine, nutrition, and mindset from the world's top doctors, authors, influencers, and Dr. Lowe herself. Trying just to pop a pill for a symptom? You've got the wrong exit. Seeking doable ways to live a happier, healthier life and have fun doing it? Welcome to The Dr. Lowe Show. Hello, my friends. Welcome to the show. It's Dr. Lowe's show with your host, Dr. Lauren Noel. Welcome back. So good to have you. I'm trying to record this before my son wakes up from his nap. So wish me luck. It's been a little bit. I'm excited to be back. I have had some adventures, you guys, some adventures. And I, and I use that term because I'm being positive and have a good attitude. But there's really been some crazy curveballs. Um, but what, what started as some wild events turned into be such a blessing. So first little announcement. So my clinic, Shine Natural Medicine, we had a pipe burst in the clinic and we had, we were basically flooded, which is really hilarious because the word that we chose this year for our theme word was flow. And let me tell you flow, it did. So <laughs> it actually pushed us in a direction I was really excited about that I've wanted to do for a while. I think it just kind of pushed me into that direction um, when I might've like I don't know, waited on a little bit, but my clinic, Shine Natural Medicine, we have shifted gears. We're going virtual with our appointments we're, and nobody wants to drive in California because the gas. So we're doing virtual appointments and we're doing mobile IVs and mobile um, shot delivery, mobile nebulizers, which um, are amazing um, breathing treatments for different lung issues and viral issues. And so we're just so excited to be able to kind of get out of being under a roof of a building and get out there. And it's been really, I'm excited about it. It gives me a lot of um, time to do more like this podcast and more creative projects. So I'm just so excited. So anyway, we're still booking appointments. Everything's still the same. We, nothing's really different. You know, people still get their labs drawn. We're doing mobile blood draws to people's houses. And it's just been really exciting. So all that to say, if you've been listening to the show, you want to become a patient, we're still, I'm taking patients. I actually am taking um, probably about five to 10 new patients. So um, if you have been wanting to do patient appointments, this is your time to jump on it. I'd be happy to work with you and just, yeah, go to shinenaturalmedicine.com and you can learn more about that there. Another exciting thing too, is that let's say you've been listening to the show, you're interested in doing some lab testing, but maybe you don't want to go the route of being an actual patient. Maybe that's just too much commitment for you. Maybe you just want to know, do you have leaky gut? Or maybe you just want to know what deficiencies you have. Maybe you've just been a little bit tired or maybe you, you know, have been feeling like yourself and you just want to see if there's something that's maybe deficient. You don't have to actually become a patient to do that. We have this really cool option now where you can actually buy your own lab tests on our website. You buy the kit, you have it sent to you, you do the tests at home. 
And then you mail it in and you get the results yourself. You don't actually have to become impatient. So people are really taking ownership with their health. People are empowered. They're doing their own research. And especially if you've been listening to this show for a while, let's be honest, you know more than probably a lot of doctors. So go ahead and take that, you know, control in your own hands and do some testing. If, if you, if that's something you're interested in, I think that, um, it's an, an amazing option. I know that I would have jumped all over that <laughs> if I had the option to, but you know, I run all these lab tests on myself now through my office. So, um, but yeah, if you guys want to do that, you go over to shinenaturalmedicine.com and then on there, right on the website, you can see where you can buy test kits and you can just do it yourself. DIY health at home. All right, so before we jump in the show, want to give love to our amazing show sponsor, Paleo Valley. I am so grateful for Paleo Valley. I love them so much. They've been so wonderful, so generous, and so patient with me in getting new episodes out to you guys. I prescribe these products all the time. And by the way, I'm very picky about sponsors. I get approached by companies to sponsor the show. And most of the time I say no, unless it's something I believe in, that I prescribe to patients, that I would prescribe for my mom. It's just, it's just a thing. I can't promote something I don't believe in. So on the topic for this show, we're obviously talking about women's health. We're going to be talking about, you know, especially after having a baby, things that you can do to help your body to recover. And yes, there's amazing things you can do in terms of exercise, but there's also amazing things you can do from the inside out. What can you give yourself in terms of nutrition? What are different supplements you can take that just help with healing post-baby, post-delivery? Let's say that you're breastfeeding, you have higher nutritional demands in this time. And so there are some wonderful supplements that can really add to that. So in terms of Paleo Valley, they have some wonderful products. The the ones in particular that really apply to pregnancy to uh, postpartum period would be these ones, the grass fed or, or the, excuse me, the grass fed Oregon complex. I have my Invisalign in, excuse me. I should have taken them out. Um, they, the, this product, first of all, it was sold out for like a year. It's back in stock now. So I don't know when it's going to sell it again, but it is amazing. This product, let me tell you a little bit about it. It has grass fed beef liver grass-fed beef heart and grass-fed beef kidney. Now, I actually would really prefer for my patients to eat organs. Most of them will not do that. So this is the next best option, which is which is doing capsules of grass-fed organs. Why they're so good is because they're loaded with nutrients. B2, B3, B5, B6, B9, vitamin A, B12, zinc, copper, selenium, phosphorus, all of these different nutrients are in this product because it's food as medicine, right? I mean, it would be better for you to eat the organs only of an animal than eating the muscle. The muscle is actually the least nutritious for, for the animal. So having the organs is just providing so much nutrition. And after having a baby, that's really important. Um, the other part is that a very common deficiency I see is anemia for women who are in the later part of their pregnancy or after delivery. It's so common and it's very undertreated. So this provides some great iron. The other two things I would say would be the bone broth protein. I love this product. It's hundred percent grass fed bone broth. It's collagen rich. We know that collagen helps to heal tissues. So that's a no brainer. And then the essential C complex. I love this supplement because it's a food source vitamin C 
It's not synthetic. There's no fillers. A lot of vitamin C on the market, um, they come from corn, which oftentimes is GMO corn, which is so gross. This doesn't have anything GMO. It's a whole food product. There's no fillers. It's gluten-free and it's highly absorbed. The vitamin C comes from unripe acerola cherry, camu camu berry, and amla berries. So these just amazing superfoods that just give you so much nutrition in this product. So I could go on and on, but I love this company. I love these products. If you want to get any of these, you can get my discount for my listeners. If you enter Dr. Low at checkout, you can get 15% off. So you just go to paleovalley.com, enter Dr. Low, and you will get hooked up. All right, you guys. So I'm excited to um, jump into this show. We talk all about creating a unique roadmap of labor and functional exercises for each woman at pre-pregnancy, pregnancy, and post-pregnancy stages. We talk about the importance of core work during pregnancy. We talk about the gaps in mainstream fitness for women on the journey to motherhood. It was a very refreshing conversation. I loved it. And I know that you're going to enjoy it too. Enjoy. Welcome back, friends. Glad to have you back. We're doing a really cool episode. As as you guys know, if you've been listening to me for a while, I've shifted a lot with my focus on the fertility space. And I have a two-year-old now. So now I, you know, obviously navigating through myself with the postpartum phase, it's something that I've focused a lot more on with my shows and with my patients. So this is a topic I love to talk about. I'm very passionate about it. And I know a lot of you listening are preparing your body for a pregnancy or you have had kids and you can relate to this topic. So we have Brooke Cates on the show, and she is the founder and CEO of the Bloom Method, which is a pre and postnatal fitness method, redefining exercise for the modern mom. She's a certified personal trainer. She's a pre and postnatal corrective exercise specialist, a diastasis recti and core rehabilitation specialist. And we'll talk about what that is and pre and postnatal holistic health um, in pre pre and postnatal holistic health. She created the Bloom Method with a desire to empower women through movement before, during, and after their pregnancies. Recognizing gaps in both the mainstream and pregnancy fitness world, she created a fitness method that consists of rehabilitation and prevention exercises, labor training, functional exercise movements, and using core techniques that are designed to keep women strong and thriving through pregnancy and motherhood and beyond. So excited to have you. Thank you, Brooke, for joining me for the show. Dr. Lowe, I'm so happy to be here. Thanks for having me. Of course. So happy to have you. So I love this, this whole world and you have a three-year-old, I have a two-year-old and I'm just curious, how old were you when you had your kid? Ooh, you're about to date me because next week's my birthday. I turn 40 next week. Happy birthday. I'm 40 so, myself. So I love that. It's a great age. I, I will, I will just pause anyone listening. I am not scared of 40. I am embracing no. 40 with open arms. I'm super excited about it, but, um, I was, I believe I was, I think that would make me 37 or 38 when I yeah. had Zion. Yeah, I was 38 when I had, when I had Zion. So, um, and, and sometimes I'm like, man, I, I I'm sure it would have been different if I was in my twenties, just from how my body would have bounced back. But I was also dealing with health issues at the time and I want more kids. So this is something I really am excited about doing the proper work to prepare my body. Cause I didn't do as much as I think I could have done. So I, I think this will be something really interesting to get into, but 
let's kind of rewind a little bit and, and talk about why, why is this something you focus on? And, um, and by the way, you guys, I definitely want to mention her app. I just got on and I was able to navigate the app that they've created. It is jaw dropping, beautiful, and such an amazing resource. So we'll definitely get into that, but tell us a little bit of why do you focus on this and doing what you do? Yeah. Um, I focus on this because it's just what I'm supposed to be doing. I often tell people that um, this work found me and I just leaned into it. It found me um, many, many years before I was even thinking about having kids. And I leaned into it, um, even though I was quite confused as to why this this was coming up for me, uh, because I was so far away from thinking about pregnancy and postpartum. Um, and ultimately, it, it was realizing the massive, not only gaps in the, the mainstream fitness world and how um, those gaps almost not, I guess not almost, but did a very clear disservice to women in the preconception, pregnancy and postpartum phase of their lives and then really well on into motherhood. Um, I wanted to shift the narrative. I wanted to kind of break open the box that I, I believed women had been put into. Um, pregnant women are told um, from a movement space, don't do this, don't do that. You can only do these X, Y, and Z things. And once you have a baby, you're going to have you know, these things like you may pee your pants when you jump on a trampoline or do a certain exercise or your abs are going to split open. And, and if you love wearing a two-piece bathing suit, guess what? You'll never wear one again and just welcome to motherhood. And I remember thinking in my early days, wow, what a disempowering set of messages that we are delivering to women who should feel more powerful than they've ever felt in their lives as they embark on this incredible life-giving journey. And um, so I think that was really the catalyst, this like, almost like I am woman, hear me roar. How dare you tell us that we cannot do things? Mm -hmm. uh, and that's, we, I set off to, to shift that. <laughs> that's so beautiful. So were you a, a general personal trainer to start and then you no. shifted into, okay. Uh, no. So I um, have just always been active. I've always had um, you know, quote unquote uh, movement or fitness practice myself and have been really active. I live in Boulder, Colorado and love spending time in nature and hiking and all these things. Um, and I, it, it was more of just seeing the struggles that friends, family, and then other women that I knew would go through from a physical space of the body changing during pregnancy, not really knowing what to do with their body and how to move their body, whatever that looked like, whether they were a hiker, a runner, a crossfitter, or they loved group fitness. Um, and then this, this tons of fear mongering. And so women would carry all of this fear about leading up to the, the birth experience and then how to, from a physical space, feel like themselves again, postpartum. And, and I want to make sure that people know that it, it's less about aesthetics and more about just women wanting to re-navigate that. How do I move my body the way that I used to move my body, given these potential changes that have happened and things don't feel the same and no one's really there to guide me. And, and the message, the overwhelming message is, we'll just listen to your body. And all of these women are going, what do you mean? Listen to my body. This, this right. is a new feeling for me. I, that doesn't help me. That doesn't empower me. 
Um, so no, I actually started out in the personal training world, knowing that this was the demographic of women that I wanted to work with. So the only people that I have trained are preconception, um, pregnant and postpartum women. And I did that for about four, four and a half years, one-on-one -on -one training. Um, it was those interactions, all of these women uh, with me being able to work with them one-on-one -on -one and seeing all of the different ways our bodies showed up, how unique preg how unique pregnancy was and postpartum was to every woman's physical body that really helped me create the roadmap to the methodology that is now the Bloom Method. Um, yeah, then this. we turned it into group fitness and then we turned it into a fitness app about three and a half years ago. It's beautiful. Okay, cool. Well, let's, let's break it down in, in sections. We'll do pre-pregnancy during pregnancy and post-pregnancy. So for pre-pregnancy and fertility, let's say there's a woman listening. She wants to get pregnant. She's wanting to do what she can to prepare her body. Um, let's talk about what, what kind of exercise generally do, would you rec And obviously there's individualizing things for clients, right? But, but just general recommendations is good information for folks. So getting their body ready for for pregnancy, um, anything that you can recommend for that. And, and also specifically for like the pelvic or core area in particular. Absolutely. Um, this is, this is my alchemy right here. This is mm -hmm. all the magic that I love to talk about. So, um, really quickly, just so I don't sound repetitive with each, um, kind of when we break apart the fertility pregnancy and postpartum, mm -hmm. um, the, the thing that called me to develop this method of sorts, um, is that I wanted women to be able to follow a quote unquote prescription of things that would help them no matter what stage they were in and maybe just tweak things a little bit here and there, because another message that would come up is that there was like this whole new set of rules that you had to learn depending on where you were and in which stage of motherhood. And I went, no, what I'm seeing with these women, that's not the case. So I tried to simplify it. So to answer um, the, the preconception, getting the body ready, this is um, something I'm really passionate about because I created this methodology um, about seven, seven and a half years before I ever got pregnant. And so I applied this methodology to my body um, in the preconception realm and really witnessed firsthand how powerful it is and how self-empowering it is to have these sets of tools specifically regarding the core and pelvic floor um, in a preparation phase. So I would tell and do tell all women in the preconception realm, don't feel, first of all, like you have to stop doing what you love doing in a sense of how you move your body. Um, I could list off examples, but of course, for example, if you love going to bar, if you love doing CrossFit, if you're a runner, keep doing what you love to do. It is my biggest um, message at the Bloom Method is we want you to do what you wanna do and move your body the way you wanna move your body. We just wanna help you tweak it so that you can make the most of it and actually get better results than you've ever had before. Mm -hmm. So it all stems from the core and pelvic floor. For preconception women, I would tell them to learn how to connect to your core in a new way. Um, tapping into diaphragmatic breath, I tend to call this the um, holy grail of core strength and core awareness, even though from a fitness component, it does not give us instant gratification, right? It's not gonna give us that burning, I can't do one more inhale and exhale um, that fitness often gives us, but it is the number one foundation because what it does is it teaches the entire inner core unit. So we're talking 
inner core, um, core muscles specifically with that transverse abdominal muscle. And then, and for those of you who are listening, the transverse abdominal muscle is your deepest abdominal muscle. And it's really easy to see and think of that muscle as your inner corset. So your body's inner corset and your pelvic floor. So something as simple as a diaphragmatic breath practice, you breathe 22 to 23,000 times a day. I mentioned this because you don't have to overthink it. You don't have to roll out a yoga mat and practice your diaphragmatic breathing. You can actually implement diaphragmatic breathing techniques into every breath you take throughout your day. But what this does is it turns the pelvic floor and the TVA, those those two groups of muscles should actually be communicating to one another and they should move in this symbiotic, symbiotic way with every breath you take. Ultimately, as you progress in your core work, you will learn, especially from methodologies like Bloom, that every time you engage your deep core to do a plank or a sit-up, your pelvic floor should engage as well. Um, in fact, your pelvic floor should engage first, and then the TVA, that transverse abdominal muscle, should engage within milliseconds after the pelvic floor. So that diaphragmatic breath is the catalyst to help the body remember how these muscles should talk to one another. So breath is crucial. I will talk about breath in pregnancy and postpartum too, because while it doesn't give us instant gratification, it is one of the biggest gifts that we can hold beyond pregnancy and postpartum. Mm -hmm. um, and then it would be learning how to properly, of course, engage your core and pelvic floor, like I just mentioned, so that they are a unit. Um, oftentimes in my one-on-one -on -one practice, I would see that women just didn't know how to engage their core. They thought they did because oftentimes in mainstream fitness, um, for example, coaches aren't telling women how to engage their core. They're not taking the time to do that. Right. So, Women sometimes hold their breath and they'll lock their core out. So they, I, I talk about it as like pushing the core, the abdomen outward versus engaging it like that corset wraps tightly, or they'll just exhale and pull belly button to spine. That's a cue I'm sure everyone listening has heard. Pull your belly button to your spine. And what I have learned in my work is that that cue often is just this massive disconnect when it actually comes to putting that into action and not only does it create dysfunction, it doesn't properly activate the core. So then if you are doing core work in hopes to get results, you have to work so much harder to get the results you want because you're not proper, properly activating the core. And then on top of that, if you're someone who down the road does want to get pregnant, you continuously place a, almost like this insignificant, um, amount of pressure, inward pressure coming inward on the linea alba. So your, um, your belly button sits on top of a, a sheath of connective tissue called the linea alba. That is the connective tissue that the six pack muscle, the rectus muscles attach into. And anyone who has ever heard about diastasis recti or that your abdominal muscles separate during pregnancy, that is the sheath, that connective tissue is what stretches. So visually you can think of that as a rubber band. And it's like someone's pulling the rubber band from either side of it versus the way we typically use rubber bands. And that sheath of connective tissue gets thinner and thinner and thinner throughout pregnancy, depending on how you carry your baby, how big your belly grows during pregnancy. And so if we're constantly just pulling belly button to spine, 
what tends to happen is that if, if there's a lack of dysfunction because you don't know how to breathe, then there's this lack of proper core connection and activation. You can start to damage that linea alba before you ever get pregnant, which increases your chance of this more injury-based diastasis, which we can talk about in a minute, maybe when we focus more on diastasis, but it's really just about building the foundation. So for preconception women, I want them to understand, think about what's gonna happen and what's gonna change the most during your pregnancy. That's your core canister, your abdomen and your pelvic floor due to the weight of the baby. The pelvic floor takes the brunt of that weight and then the core expands. So the more you can really prepare your core um, in, in a proper way of activation and doing certain exercises where you're really amping up that core strength, you're basically stepping into your pregnancy with a toolbox full of knowledge on how to adjust to those changes that as they occur, because they're going to occur, and you're stepping into pregnancy with a really solid foundational core that's already strong. Mm -hmm. I love that. So yeah. you're, you're saying that women can go into pregnancy with already damaged ab muscles. Right. Oh. And then, so that can make the pregnancy not be as easy on your ab muscles and then going through delivery and postpartum. I mean, it can really be a, a bad situation in those cases. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. I would, I would say it could kind of be just this catapult of issues, right? Just rolling mm -hmm. down the hill and, and look, there's always going to be that small percentage of women who are like, oh, well, I wasn't doing things correctly. I did have a weakened linea alba again, that's the connective tissue going into pregnancy. And I ran, this is just an example. I ran as hard as I could run every day until giving birth. And guess what? I didn't stop running three days after giving birth. I went on my run again and I'm fine. Wow. There's always going to be that woman, but how, what, how is her body going to show up in subsequent pregnancies is what I always tell women, just because it, it seems like you're fine after the first or second, it doesn't, it doesn't mean that continued pregnancies and or age when you get 50 or 60 and you start peeing your pants or all of a sudden you have a, a pelvic organ prolapse, we have to just start thinking about things in a preventative way, right? We do that often with nutrition. I give that as an example. We, we eat preventatively so that we are healthy. We should be doing that with movement, especially women who, who plan on carrying children. 100%. And also if you had damage with your first pregnancy, doesn't mean that you'll have damage with the second or third or subsequent pregnancies. So this, these are things that can be done correctively and you can heal your body. So yeah. I love all this. Okay. Anything else about pre-pregnancy and we'll get into during pregnancy. Yeah, no, I tell, I tell moms keep, keep doing what you're doing and then just add in these, these extra components to the core and pelvic floor and you'll, you'll crush it. <laughs> okay. Great. Yeah. So, um, so during actual pregnancy, anything specific that you would give, um, you know, advice on for, for clients who are wanting to obviously prepare for the, the marathon of birth. Um, but any other, any other suggestions during pregnancy? Yeah, I would, I would have that as a two part answer. Um, the first part being that it is often told or thought that women should not do core work during pregnancy and, mm -hmm. or, um, a lot of physical trainers, um, fitness instructors, et cetera, will have women over, in my opinion, overwork their oblique muscles because they, they don't know what to do with the front of the core 
the TVA and the rectus. And while we shouldn't be working the rectus, that's that six pack, six pack muscle. And the rectus is responsible for flexion and extension. So yes, I do believe that we should not be doing crunches during pregnancy, um, but there are still functional movements that pregnant women do. Like for example, sitting on a couch and sitting back onto the couch, getting up off of the couch. That's, that's similar to a sit up. Mm -hmm right? So that's a functional movement. Women still need to understand how their core relates to these functional movements, and then also be able to protect the core while strengthening the core during pregnancy in fitness and movement practices. So um, I'm really big on teaching women how to continue their core work throughout pregnancy. Um, we teach this in our foundational core techniques. It starts with that diaphragmatic breath. We introduce um, a technique called the belly pump, which I refer to as the exercise component of diaphragmatic breath. So I took the idea of diaphragmatic breath and then turned the exhale component and based on biomechanics, what the pelvic floor and TVA do simply when you're not trying to engage the muscles, but simply based on a, a diaphragmatic breathing pattern, the way that the pelvic floor and TVA respond to that exhale I turned it into what we call a more intentional engagement. Um, and pregnant women, we like to use the terms that you're giving your baby a hug with that corset muscle engaging that pelvic floor. So we introduce the belly pump and then we introduce a couple of other techniques. Um, one is called a deep core hold where we actually take that exhale and engagement component of the pelvic floor and TVA. And we teach women how to shift their inhales to another place so that that core can can start to build upon itself. So that engagement stays engaged for anywhere from 30 seconds to 45 seconds, but you're continuing to breathe. You're just, you're building on, you're, you're allowing those muscles to get stronger and stronger and stronger. And then we teach women how to pair that in traditional core exercises, because my goal, along with all of my coaches goals at the bloom method is we want women doing what they want to do. So if our group fitness classes aren't what you want to do, even though we have an array of varieties of fitness classes, then take our foundational core and pelvic floor techniques and apply them to whatever you do. Because in pregnancy with the changes that happen within the core canister and the weakening of that linea alba, that connective tissue that is going to happen, you cannot stop that from happening. And in fact, if if women are so terrified of diastasis recti that they try to make the core so strong to limit the connective tissue from stretching, they can actually create more dysfunction than if they just allow the body. It's like embracing the change that's happening with the abdomen, but bringing in these external tools and implementing them in a way that supports them both in functional movement and in exercise. Um, and I, sometimes I tell people, this is a whole nother conversation, but a lot of that is this term that we use a lot in our educational pieces on the app called intra-abdominal pressure and intra-abdominal pressure is something that increases and decreases throughout your day. You don't even know it. If you're sitting in a chair, for example, and you stand up from the chair, you just increased your intra-abdominal pressure so that you think of your inner core system as a canister, that pressure expands and it decreases. So in pregnancy, that pressure starts to get a little wonky. And because of the separation of the connective tissue, when we aren't controlling or managing that pressure 
during certain movements, again, both in exercise and functional movement, then this whole fear about injury-based diastasis recti, which is how we refer to it at Bloom, the reason that so many women have these, this is not what we call it, but from mainstream, they call it the mommy pooch, or they have this core dysfunction that they just can't flatten their abs no matter how many crunches or planks they're doing postpartum. The reason this dysfunction happens is because they probably fall into a category of this injury-based diastasis. And injury-based diastasis, to sum it up in a really simple form, can be prevented and we can allow the body to actually support the body beautifully in that change of the expansion of the belly and then going back to its original space postpartum if we can do one thing and that is manage that intra-abdominal pressure change as our belly grows because the intra-abdominal pressure if it's not being controlled it's actually pushing against that again, think about a stretched out rubber band that goes from your sternum all the way down to the front of your pelvis. So all the way down the midline of your core, you're, it's almost like you're constantly like poking your finger into that midline. So the connective tissue just gets weaker and weaker and weaker. And then the belly continues to stretch. And then you give birth, whether that's a cesarean birth or a vaginal birth and postpartum, someone goes to test you for diastasis and they're like, oh yeah, you've got a really severe diastasis. We would call that injury-based diastasis because the connective tissue is so frail and weak that you now have to rebuild your muscle while also rebuilding the regeneration of this connective tissue. And I know that that, is, that may sound like a lot to people. We really break it down in a simple form um, on the app, but I just want women to know that when we talk about preventing diastasis, diastasis is the separation of the six pack muscles. That's going to happen. What is not often told to women, which I feel is so disempowering, is that our bodies are pure genius. And our mm. bodies know that if the connective tissue is weakened to a certain point, the body is going to be able to heal that connective tissue without you feeling like you have to climb a 14er postpartum to heal your core. What happens right. is when we don't properly activate the core, we do core exercises that don't serve us or that intra-abdominal pressure is just kind of all over the place. That's when we kind of put ourselves into this more injury component, leaving this potential for us to feel like we have a 14 or to climb. So that is huge during pregnancy is that women continue to train their core, but really understand the tiny tweaks that need to happen, even if they want to keep up with their normal fitness routine during pregnancy. So mm -hmm. how can you continue to do these core exercises at a level that protects your core? And then number two is that labor prep that you mentioned. Um, and that's just a really cool, it's one of our signature classes on the app. And we basically take the concept of contractions and, um, we, we look at it from an average space and not all women are average. So we, we try to juice it up and, and throw in, um, some, some no rest period workouts for birth prep too. But on an average, um, if you look at birth along kind of like an average, uh, line, most women experience a height of a contraction and a low of a contraction. That height of a contraction is often described as the painful part. I call it 
intense. It's intense. It's not really any pain, any type of pain we've ever experienced. Mm-hmm. So that's the more intense contraction. And then oftentimes there's this low where the mom feels like, okay, I can take a breath even just for a moment. Right. So right. we've taken that concept and we've turned it into group fitness. We've turned it into a physical and mental way to train the body. So I'll give you an example. You take a single leg lunge and you put someone in a single leg lunge for anywhere from two minutes to three minutes, working the exact same leg. So our goal in every birth prep class is to exhaust in a safe way, exhaust the muscle group that we are focusing on because that exhaustion is going to allow that individual to be pushed to her edge in a physical way, similar to what an intense contraction, that height of the contraction will do to her on a Mm -hmm. physical level. And it's in that moment when that woman wants to say, okay, I'm pulling out of this exercise. I need a break. Right. We come in as coaches and say, you've got this soften into that pain, let your muscles stay strong and let them carry you and hold you in this position. But remember that your mind is often weaker than your physical body. So release the need to be scared of being at your edge, connect to your breath, connect to your baby, and know that you've got this. So in that moment, what we allow women to do is really tap into this beautiful space of alchemy where they can say, I'm not afraid of the quote unquote pain because this lunge, this, this, um, really pushing my muscle to the edge, it, it could be painful. But what if I soften into it? What if I don't think that birth is all about just pushing through it? It's about softening into the softening, excuse me, into the strength and surrendering into the experience that is this really challenging single leg lunge or this really beautiful dance with my baby to help bring my baby earthside. Um, and then we pair everything with a rest period. So we tip, we, the birth prep classes are looked at as um, instead of circuits, we call them contraction stages and that's the work stage. And then after the work stage, we bring them. So it's usually four to five exercises of really exhausting the muscles. And then we bring the moms down into a rest period. And that rest period is, it varies, but it could be, let's all come into child's pose and just really connect with that diaphragmatic breath, your baby, and then what is the pelvic floor doing? So it's really just also about learning how your diaphragmatic breath, another beautiful, powerful tool that that breath provides women is it is your body's natural pain reliever in birth and really in any given situation that brings you into that fight or flight space. and then we get back into it. So most birth prep classes have about three to four contract contraction stages, and then and then you've completed your class. and And they're really beautiful. It's actually we teach a lot. I love the work that I do. Um, it's my favorite class to teach because it is just it's so inspiring. That's the coolest thing ever. I didn't even know that was a thing. And when I was pregnant, I took a hypnobirthing class, but it didn't include anything like that. It would have been really nice to have that type of training leading up to having my son, I was in the hospital for five days and it took two, let's see, I had him on the fourth day of being there. It took so long to be able to, um, just get, you know, um, dilated to what I was supposed to get to. And then 
by the time I finally got dilated, I was exhausted. And I felt like I was in pretty, pretty decent shape leading up to having my son, but I, I was no, I was not prepared for that marathon at all. Yeah. So, um, yeah, hindsight. (laughs) Well, look, it's, I want to say two things that came up when you said that one, um, I think it's kind of, it's a disservice to women to make women think that you have to be in a certain, uh, at a certain level of shape, um, physically to give birth. We were made to give birth. Mm -hmm. You don't have to be in any type of fancy physical shape to successfully give birth. And that's the beauty. While we are a movement and fitness platform, I have often over the years of doing this work have said that the beauty of the foundations of my method is that it can even take the most sedentary woman and provide her with tools that will still help her immensely throughout Mm -hmm. pregnancy and in the birthing phase. Yeah. Uh, And then the other thing that came up, so I have a question for you. You said it took you about four days for your body to get dilated. Were you in labor that entire time? No, I was in my, I was 43 weeks when I had my son. So he just didn't want to come out. And I went into the hospital, they did uh, different induction techniques, and then finally um, put me on uh, Pitocin. And that's when it really kicked in. But at that point, it had been three days, and I was exhausted. And so the pain was really bad. So then they did the epidural and then that slowed things down as I'm sure you know that that happens. So then the dilation didn't happen. And I think I was like nine centimeters. They were just like, just push (laughs) by that point, just push. And I I did get him out, but it was five hours of solid pushing without, without many breaks. I mean, so. And that's not for not even, I mean, you're for you to push for, for five hours. I actually um, was a long pusher too, because my, the way my son was positioned, I had a 22 hour home birth and, um, I also pushed for four hours and I came out of that, um, really, you know, I guess I will share this with you that <laughs> this is such kind of a horrible thing, but my mother said to me, um, when I told her that I, and this is such a mom thing to say, when I told her that I pushed for four hours, she went, well, I guess your method didn't work that well, did it? Wow. <laughs> Actually, mom, my method did work because I don't have incontinence and I don't have prolapse. So the fact that right. I push my baby on my pelvic floor for four hours and come out with a healthy pelvic floor is where I want to be. So again, yeah. judgment, right? We need to stop judging women of how long your labor is, how long you push. Some women push for 30 minutes and they'll email us and they're like, oh, we praise the blue method. It's because of you guys. And I just sit back and I receive that. But I also say, well, you did the work and everyone's body is different. And we all have also such this esoteric experience to experience during our birth. So birth is the same, but if you want more kids or anyone who's listening and the other thing that was coming up, and I'm not saying that this is uh, what was going on with your birth at all. It's just something that came up for me because I don't think women think about it. And that is the amount of potential stress that we carry even through our pregnancy, um, just with work, you know, trying to manage life, get ready. For oh, for sure. All the yeah. I worked up until 40 weeks. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's a real thing in our modern society. And then there is this you know, this messaging of birth is going to be so painful. That, that was my, my, yep. I went into it with that too. I I went into it thinking I have a very low pain tolerance. So it was, it was a lot of fear with that hundred percent. Yep. 
And you think you take that fear on a cellular level and it sends your body without you even thinking about it. It sends your body into this more um, fight or flight. Sympathetic nervous system is what we call that. So there's a parasympathetic nervous system, which is restore, repair, rest kind of. And then there's that sympathetic fight or flight and both serve a great purpose. But in labor, when we want our body to surrender and our body to dilate, that cervix to dilate, the pelvic floor to soften, it can actually be, you know, it can hurt us more than it can help us. So all of that to say, that is another way that your diaphragmatic breath practice is so beneficial. I tell women, so I also, Dr. Lowe, have an incredibly low pain threshold. I do, I would have been transferred to a hospital and not had the home birth that I wanted Mm. to have and and did end up having, if I would not have had my practice of diaphragmatic breath, because I, I used my breath to ride the waves of contractions. And it is what helped me to soften your breath. That diaphragmatic breath puts you in parasympathetic nervous system. We've even Mm. had moms share with us over the years that their bodies during the process of labor in the hospital, all different scenarios, but the the body stopped laboring. And so the hospital team came in and said, okay, you know, if we can't, if your body doesn't basically turn back on and start laboring and get this given time, you've got to have a cesarean birth. And these women, something in their mind went, wait, the blue method taught me about diaphragmatic breath. I'm just going to try it. And every single time that a woman has reached out to us and shared these stories with us, while the situation is always different, that breath, that calmness always turned their labor back on and they were able to avoid a cesarean birth. It's so um, beautiful. I love that. Oh my goodness. I love that. So, okay, cool. Let's talk about post-pregnancy. Um, so what can women be thinking about for exercise and then also, you know, getting their pelvic floor worked on and and can that be, can that happen prior to their six week checkup? Absolutely. And that's where I was going to go with this. Um, The message that I'm currently really trying to um, share with women is that we have got to stop doing ourselves a disservice. Um, No offense to the medical industry. It's our modern medical industry is incredible for certain things, but it has done a massive disservice with our OBGYNs um, kind of being the Holy grail for women yet not being really well versed in certain things like diastasis recti or rehabilitation um, from postpartum. That's just not what they're skilled in doing. So as from a liability space, and I talk about this pretty bluntly because I feel confident in it, um, but from a liability space, our hospitals and doctors say, well, we don't know what you're doing. I understand why they come from this space. We don't know what what you would do if we told you that you could start exercising day one postpartum, and we don't want you to hemorrhage. So if you're still bleeding, which typically bleeding stops between, you know, anywhere from four to eight weeks postpartum, we're going to keep you safe. We're going to keep us safe. And we're going to tell you six to eight weeks is the average postpartum checkup. So you're going to wait, and then we're going to clear you. But what often happens, Dr. Lowe, is people come in, they haven't done anything. They've been told the complete opposite, like basically lay around like your, your body shouldn't do anything. So you're laying around becoming weaker after this massive, really trauma experience physically that your body went through and you're just laying around. And then nine times out of 10, when you go to your doctor, your doctor's like, yep, you're cleared for exercise. 
they give you no other parameters. Sometimes they do. And I do think a ton of OBGYNs these days are becoming more innovative in, in pulling resources to give to their moms. But the truth is our OBGYNs are just inundated with, with so many patients that they don't have the space um, to do this extra work. But so let's just say mom A goes back to her doctor. She's like, yep, you're cleared. Mom, mom A is like, I cannot wait to get back to Orange Theory. And she goes back to Orange Theory. Lo and behold, everything feels fine at first. And then two months down the road, she's peeing her pants. Or six months down the road, her core just isn't changing. She puts in all this work. She's spending all this money. She has to get a babysitter to go to the workout, blah, 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 blah. And nothing's changing. And it's because our, our support industry for, for postnatal women is not teaching or treating birth, whether a vaginal birth or cesarean birth, like they do other injuries. If I tore my ACL, I am given a sheet of really simple PT exercises to do day one after my ACL repair surgery. Moms are not given anything. They go home empty handed and then they're left to outsource. So if they get this feeling of, I think I should be doing something that isn't going back to orange theory um, at six weeks postpartum, then they're kind of left to figure that out on their own. So I always tell women, please, 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 again, preparation, right? Figure out what you're gonna do before you actually give birth for that postpartum period. And please find some sort of core and pelvic floor rehabilitation program. We, of course, would love to have you at Bloom, but we are not for everyone. There is tons of offerings out there um, that will support you as early as day one postpartum. And for some women, they're probably thinking, are you kidding me? I'm not thinking about this day one postpartum. That's okay. You don't have to do it day one, but as soon as you're feeling ready, you know that by, with the click of a button, that support is there for you. And we do, we have a, four, a fourth trimester rehab series that is six weeks long. So the idea is that for those women who want to start in that first week postpartum, they have support that continuously progresses them in their core and pelvic floor rehabilitation. By the time they get to that six to eight week checkup where they're fully you know, allowed to go back to exercise, they can go back and return to exercise stronger than ever because they laid that foundation for the first six weeks. And the last thing that I would add to that is steer clear of anyone who in that first six weeks is having you do full body movement. So our core rehab, it does not have you do squats. You are not picking up weights because we can't we don't know if women are still bleeding. So we have to err on the side of caution to keep every single woman safe. So everything in that six week rehab is we use a Pilates ball or a foam roller, a mini loop resistance band and your own body and breath. And it's all about reconnection. And yes, in weeks four, a little bit in three weeks, four, five, and six, you are definitely getting that deep core micro shake. You're probably sweating a little bit, but it's still from a very deep rooted, gentle space. And it's all about relaying that foundation before you just release yourself back into the world of, of group fitness, where they're not going to know how to support you and your body best. Mm -hmm. I love it. It's like 
holistic medicine for the pelvic floor, for the vagina, all things women's health. I think it's such a beautiful thing. And it's just really empowering, right? To be able to take that into your own hands and be able to prepare your body, keep your body strong and do the right kind of healing and rehab. And it's, it's just beautiful taking that into your own hands. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, one of the things I tell women, there's this big thing in, in some aspects of mainstream fitness right now that, you know, you don't work out because you want to see results. And, and I'm with that. You, we really push at bloom, like move your body because you want to feel good, move your body because you want to chase your children, but you would be hard pressed to find someone who works out three to five days a week that would continue to work out three to five days a week. If they didn't see any change in their physical body, they'd be like, what is going on? I think I need to switch things up. So when that is even just an element of why we move our body, I mean, you can say even strength is I want to build muscle. If you didn't see that muscle increase, you're going to question what you're doing. So aside from the holistic um, aspect of all of this, which is still a very deep rooted component is that we always want to get the best results, whatever those results and goals are for us with a movement practice. And when you are smart about your movement practice and, and how you approach it in this fertility, preconception, pregnancy, postpartum phase, the most wonderful thing that just lights me up that I hear from women and have for the past nine and a half years is that after applying these techniques during pregnancy, some women don't find us until after pregnancy, sometimes five years postpartum. But once they really build this foundation, they say that no matter what they do, no matter how they move their body, when they implement what we've taught them from a foundational space to the way they move their body, they are stronger now than they ever were preconception. And that is such a beautiful lesson because that is the way women should feel. We should not feel broken from motherhood and childbirth. We should feel empowered and on top of the world because we are the life givers of this planet. And and that, I just wanted to add that, that this is also about showing up your strongest self moving with intention and mindfulness and knowing your body on a totally different level. Yeah. The pregnancy. A hundred percent. I love it. Well, we flew through this. Any other um, parting words, last bits of guidance for our listeners? I don't think so. Other than if you're interested, we offer a seven day free trial. You can check out the app, no strings attached. You can just cancel before you get charged. If it's not your cup of tea, um, it was so beautiful. You guys, I just got to tell you, I, I was looking through it. There's the workouts of the day. There's pre-pregnancy, there's post-pregnancy, there's nutrition resources. Even if you've had a loss, there's grief, um, different exercises, you know, working through grief and meditations and recipes. It's, it's a beautiful, I was telling you before you started working out or before you started working out, before we <laughs> jumped on the show that it's a work of art, which you guys have made. It's really beautiful. Thank you. It's just, it's my gift, our gift to, to women. So yeah, thank you for 100%. saying. Yeah, of course. So, all right, you guys Well, definitely check out the app. It's, it's called the bloom method, right? That's what you would search in the app store. Yep. Or studio bloom. I liked I guess I, I, I simplified the methodology and complicated the the search, but it, it will come up as the bloom. Yeah. Okay. Beautiful. All right. Well, thank you so much for coming on the show. I appreciate it. And you guys have um, some new nutrition guides coming out next month, right? We do. Yeah. Later this month, um, hopefully right before 
Thanksgiving, we have a, a breastfeeding um, support nutrition guide and a postpartum weight loss and a pregnancy nutrition guide I with our nutritionist. Oh, it's wonderful. All right, you guys want well, enjoy all those resources. I hope you enjoyed the show and got some great um, value out of it. I know I did. Thank you so much, Brooke, for being my guest. I really appreciate you coming on. Thanks so much for having me. I hope you enjoyed this episode of Dr. Low Radio. Thank you so much for joining us. And for more after the show, you can head over to drlowshow.com where you can find the show notes. Be sure to subscribe to the show and share with all your friends. And please head over to iTunes and leave the show a five-star review and leave a comment. I read each and every one and they warm my heart. Thank you so much again for joining us. I promise to keep bringing you fun, inspiring, empowering content. Until next time, lots of love and I'll talk to you soon.